You are listening to Agent Court Church's audio podcast. For more information on Agent Court Church, including service times, how to connect, and campus locations, please visit our website at onechurch.to. Well, I want to tell you about a great day for women. It was a great day for two daughters in particular. And because we're in St. Patrick's Day weekend, I think I should say it like this. It was a great day for women. It was a great day for two daughters in particular. (laughs) Because they started that day medically hopeless. By the end of that exact same day, they were totally healed by the power of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, and medical doctor Luke, that comes up later, they all tell the same story with different details. Let's go to Mark chapter 5, all right? He tells the story, and uh, he tells the story about the one girl, the one daughter that was healed. One of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with Jesus, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Now, Jairus was a synagogue leader. You probably saw that. Synagogue ruler, some of our translations put it that way. What, did, what does that mean? Well, it, one of the many things it meant was that he had a job that meant that he either, either he was a Pharisee or at least the Pharisees approved of him having that job. Now, I checked, because this is early in Mark, but if you go back a couple of chapters, Jesus already was so disapproved by the Pharisees that they were plotting with Herod. Pharisees were plotting with Herod to get rid of Jesus. That was happening already. So can you imagine if you have a job dependent on either being a Pharisee or having their approval, and yet he goes to Jesus and he kneels down and he pleads with Jesus. He was doing more than going to bat on behalf of his daughter. How many know he was laying his job on the line? This was not gonna look good on his resume. Oh, don't you love those people that put a, a family member ahead of their career? But he's, he's pleading with Jesus because he has someone in his life that he loves, and, and he goes to Jesus on their behalf. I'm going to invite you to do that at the end of our teaching time. We prayed last night, Pastor Jonathan, so many this morning. They weren't coming to pray about their own need for healing. They were praying for a family member or a friend. We're going to in- include that. But it, I, I was going through 23 years of, you know, filing a lot of different teachings and that. And, and when I was into the whole area of the, the healing teaching, teaching notes, I I had two different stories that I'd forgotten all about, and uh, I share them with you. Now, these are parents who prayed for their child, just like Jairus prayed for his, as Luke tells us, 12-year-old daughter. Now, the first one, uh, this mom emailed me and told me about her infant daughter who had a serious ear infection in both ears for three months. Last Tuesday, she says, at the ear specialist, they determined the infection was so severe that it would likely cause hearing loss and that she needed immediate surgery and tube implants in both ears. Then she was at a healing service, and she talks about being anointed with oil. I'll talk a little bit more about that if that's new to you in just a few moments, hopefully. 
So she comes to this healing service, and then after that, she says, Tuesday, November 25th, the doctor examined, and they were stunned when they saw that not only had the infection gone, but her ears showed no signs of damage, and her hearing was perfect. The doctor said, I don't understand this. I can't explain how this could have happened. There is no sign of an infection in her ears. They are perfectly normal. This is absolutely amazing. Isn't that wonderful? Now, here's another one that uh, I'd forgotten all about. And, and, and here, here was these parents, his mom and dad emailed me. Some of you around, we are praying for this premature baby at that time, just like we are praying for people with uh, Matt this morning when he led us in prayer. But this, this baby was born at 26 weeks, that's six and a half months, weighing one pound, nine ounces, so 700 grams. The parents write, when born, uh, he had the worst possible brain condition with a grade four level of bleeding on each side of his brain, which meant for high risks for cognitive development, delay with fine and gross motor skills, and he was born with a chronic lung disease. Five neonatologists gave dire predictions as to the, any real quality of life for this baby and recommended it would be best for, for us to let him die. All right. Then she came again and had prayer had prayer, maybe in a service just like this, had prayer. They took him to for a CAT scan at Sick Kids Hospital and were told from this CAT scan that everything was fine. Then months later, and this is when they actually emailed me months later, I asked for the story, and they said, the physiotherapist says there are no delays in his gross nor his fine motor skills, and his cognitive development is good. He is now off oxygen three months early, and the two hernias have totally disappeared. How many understand that Jesus heals? He heals people. Now, those, those parents would have come forward in a service much like this. And uh, someone prayed for them on the prayer team. Maybe they were anointed with oil. Just so I don't forget, let me just talk about why we anoint with oil. It's a point of contact, all right? Uh, scripture says that one of the many ways to pray for someone that needs healing is to anoint them with oil. Because it's a way of saying, it's a way of saying, we, our prayers aren't good enough. We need the oil that, rep, you know, the oil represents the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to bring Jesus' healing touch into this situation. Do you understand? It's just a symbol that represents the, the, the Holy Spirit who brings the presence of Jesus that has the power to heal. And so that, that wonderful uh, point of contact uh, results. Now, some of you may have a child in one of our wonderful children's ministries this morning and that child needs healing. I, I just want to encourage you, when we come to the prayer time, to feel free to slip out, go and get your baby or your child, and bring them in. But, first of all, could you do something uh, th that uh, we should do as parents? And that is explain to them what you're going to do. You imagine being a little child and being brought up in front of all these people? <laughs> You know, so, so make sure you explain to them and, and you can tell them that we're going to, mommy and daddy or mommy or daddy, we're going to bring you up to the front and someone's going to pray for you because we want to have Jesus help you get better. All right. And so, uh, but there are others that are in the room. Uh, you're going to come up here and you're going to pray for someone that maybe is on a different continent. I prayed for people in Asia and Africa already this weekend. 
and, and how blessed, and in Hong Kong, I mean, it's just amazing how uh, the care of people in this room, how many are thankful that distance is no deal with God? <laughs> he can be right there when we pray right here in Toronto. And so uh, feel free, just like Jairus did for his, his daughter, just to come to Jesus knowing he has the power to heal someone else that you are caring for. Now, there's the second story. What about the second daughter that Jesus healed? Now, he's en route. He's en route to heal Jairus' daughter, all right? He's going to do that. So this is what this is talking about. This is the next, uh, very next uh, verse. So Jesus went with him, went with the dad. A large crowd followed him, and this is going to come up again, pressed around him. Matter of fact, when Luke tells this same story, this is Mark, when Luke tells this same story, he uses an even stronger word in the Greek language that is translated crushed. Now, you picture Jesus trying to make his way over to heal Jairus' daughter and being crushed by the crowd, all right? So that's the picture here. Uh, and when a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Now this is who talking? When medical doctor Luke tells the story, he deletes this detail. <laughs> not good for the profession, I don't know. He's just, he, he just, he just, he just not gonna tell that part of the story. Now, what do we know so far? We know that her condition was prolonged, permanent, and she was penniless. It was prolonged, it had been going on for 12 years. It was permanent, doctors told her it's medically incurable, and penniless because these are pre-OHIP days, <laughs> and she spent all the money that she had. Every time I would pastor in Ottawa and drive downtown, I would go by some locations where my dad's dad uh, had owned two grocery stores in downtown Ottawa in the early 1900s. And, uh, you know, in other words, they, they, they were fairly well off, uh, comparatively speaking, for that time. And yet my dad's dad uh, got a case of uh, Huntington's Korea and died when my dad was just a little boy. And, and all of the money, you know, the, he couldn't go to work and they lost the businesses, the money, were all, I mean, the money was gone. That's the condition of this woman. Prolonged, permanent, penniless. And that's not even the worst part. What makes this woman's condition even worse is the social rejection that she experienced because of her particular condition. Let me explain. See, the religious law put her in the same category as a leper who had a contagious skin disease. And even though having a hemorrhage, blood's involved, so there's, uh, you know, th that hygienic part of it, but even though it was not that kind of a, of a contagious thing that she had, she still had to self-identify, and anytime she was around people, like, you remember the leper? They would call out, unclean, unclean, sort of warning, you know, make way if you don't want to get this contagious skin disease. And, and so she had by Levitical law, been put into the same classification as a leper. She is ceremonially unclean, which means she had to stay out of contact with people. Sort of a religiously required medical quarantine. So you can imagine, I mean, she, it's bad enough that she's got this permanent, incurable, 
condition. She's penniless, but now she's stigmatized, ostracized, and defamilyized. You say, is that a word? Well, it is now, because you know what it means. <laughs> Mark uses the word suffering three times to describe her condition, but it wasn't physical. Maybe, maybe the biggest suffering she had was because she was cut off from people. Can you imagine just waking up and facing another day just as a social reject and people just couldn't be around you? Just your future? I mean, the, the, the pain would be emotionally excruciating. It would be cause for depression. Now, what happens next is both miraculous and humorous, all right? Verse 27. When she heard about Jesus... Look at this now. She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around. Remember, she reached out, touched her man. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? <laughs> you know, it's never a smart idea to uh, question Jesus because he knows everything, right? But look, look at the disciples. Look, they say, you see the people crowding against you. Crow crushing, remember? Crowding against you, disciples answered. And yet you can ask, who touched me? So, you can just be, people are reaching, you know, trying to get their cell phones up to get a picture of the celebrity, you know, like trying to get into it, you know, just crushing, just go, trying to get in there, put it on Instagram or Facebook, there. Uh, and then they get up there, and then, and then, and then, this is going on, the disciples are trying to act like bodyguards, you know, just make, making room, he's got to get to Jairus' daughter, she needs to be healed, and, and, and all this, you know, they're important and all that, and then suddenly Jesus stops, he says, hold on, hey, okay, hold on, who just touched me? At that point, you can see 12 faces making the exact same expression. All 12 disciples look at each other and they go, <laughs> Seriously? Who touched you? Jesus, it would be easier for us to identify who isn't touching you. Everybody's reaching out to touch you. I love this next verse. Look at verse 32. But Jesus kept looking around <laughs> to see who had done it. There's a crowd that's crushing him. But Jesus has eyes that can see past the 99 and find the one person that needs his touch. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it good to know that in this room, upstairs, downstairs, wherever you are, that Jesus, when he sees us today, and he's in this room, he doesn't see a crowd. He sees individuals who have needs. He sees people. He sees people that if they'll reach out and touch him, power will come from him to bring healing to them. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, I think it'd be a good time to say hallelujah. <laughs> it's just a, what a wonderful, wonderful Savior. Verse 33, then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. You can hear. She knows she's been healed. Something's happened. 
And she's trembling with fear because she knows about ceremonially unclean and there's just, all this has happened. You just imagine, it's just, she's just feeling overwhelmed and I can just imagine her just, just bursting out with vocabulary, just spilling it all out, saying, Jesus, I, 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 I've been to every doctor and they, 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 they gave up on me. I didn't have any money and I, I, I was desperate and I, I know, I know I'm ceremonially unclean and I maybe should not have touched you, but, but Jesus... Mark chapter 1, Jesus, I heard that not too far from here, a leper came to see you, and you reached out, and you touched the leper, and he was completely healed. So I thought, Jesus, I won't touch you, but I'll just touch the edge of your cloak, and if I do, I'll be made completely whole. So before we pray in this service, I want to show you something pretty special. I want to show you from Jesus, what Jesus says to her next. You'll be able to tell that Jesus wants to do more than, in this case, heal a woman who has a chronic, incurable medical condition. Jesus wants to heal her, listen to me, body, spirit, and mind. You ever seen that in the story before? Oh, I got so excited this week when I saw it. Let's look at three words in the language that Mark uses. No, he wrote in the Greek originally. It's been translated into English. So let's just to help us see the, the fullness of meaning of three special words that Jesus responds with. Let's just look. The, the first word, it will leave the other two blank, but the first one we'll look at is pistos. It's, it's the word in Greek that means faith. Jesus says, your faith has healed you. It wasn't your contact with my cloak. <laughs> you know, there's no religious relic that's going to do the job. I, I talked about the anointing with oil. There's nothing magic in this olive oil that we're going to touch your forehead with when you come for prayer today. There's nothing even so special about the prayer. It's much like um, a couple of Sunday nights ago when dozens of people up here at the front were spirit baptized. And I just said in the teaching, I said, if it helps you, when Pastor Jonathan and I and other, uh, others come by, if it helps you, when we touch your forehead, let that be the moment where you just praise the Lord from your spirit. And dozens of people were baptized. And we've received some emails from people that it's just made such the scriptural difference that it's supposed to make in their lives. And we've been, we've been just um, enjoying the afterglow of uh, those wonderful reports. By the way, if you are healed today, when you are healed, um, send us an email. Let us know about this story because it builds up the faith of others. But there's that point of contact. Listen, your idea, the idea of you to come up here is not to be prayed for. It's not the prayer. It's not the olive oil. It, it's not any of that. How many understand Jesus is the healer? If you come in and you're trying, I want a prayer. I want to be anointed. No, 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 no. Those are just points of contact. They just help, on the human side, they just help faith rise in our hearts. Right now, Lord, in this moment, I, I am open, I surrender to your power to heal me. Do you see that? But, but it, it's, the, the faith is not, some people, they come up and they, they you know, they, they're not healed and they get all focused on themselves and am I doing this right? And, and their faith ends up, listen to me, their faith ends up being in their faith instead of being in faith in Jesus. 
And we need to make the differentiation there. Because some people go away and they say, oh, you didn't have enough faith. You need to come back when you get more faith. And when you have more faith, then, you, then, then God will, will give you... Listen, when you read in the Bible, you'll see the full range. You'll see Jesus when the centurion came to him. And Jesus is amazed. He says, I haven't seen this level of faith, this quantity of faith in the entire country. But then Jesus is on the other side of the lake and this dad comes to Jesus about his deaf son. And Jesus says, do you believe I can do this? He says, well, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but I, I don't really have as much faith as I probably should have here. And Jesus goes ahead and heals him. Do you see that? He didn't wait till he got the level of faith up. We're going to visit the story of a man who's lowered through the roof Mark tells about it, and, and the other gospel writers, because he's a paralyzed man, he's a paralytic. And Jesus, it says, if you read in your copy of the Bible, let's say when Jesus saw their faith, not the guy's faith that needs to be healed, when Jesus saw their faith, who's he talking about? The friends, his buddies that cared enough about him to lower him through the roof to get him into the presence of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith. How many understand that if we put our faith in our faith, we're going to be self-focused. Our faith needs to be faith in Jesus. Now, if you focus on the prayer, if you focus on the moment, if you focus on your need, on your sickness, and on yourself, uh, your faith isn't going to grow. Our faith increase, not when we focus on our faith. Our faith increase when we focus on he who is the source of our faith. How many know Jesus is the author and the completer of our faith? We focus on him. So when you come for prayer, this is your first instruction. When you come for prayer, don't focus on the prayer or who prays for you. Just, just, just come and say, Jesus, I believe you're my healer. Whoever prays for me, Jesus, in this moment, you, no prayer is good enough. No person, no anointing of oil. None of that is enough. Jesus, I need you. I bring you the faith that I do have, whatever level of faith I have, I bring that to you, and I just honestly say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. Do you see that? Let's look at the second word that Mark uses to uh, help us understand what Jesus said to her. First of all, he says, your faith has healed you. But, it, but, but, but we translate it, has healed you. Sozo is the word. Do you know, throughout the New Testament, that Greek word, it's translated two different ways depending on the context. Sometimes it's translated heal. Sometimes it's translated save. Because for Jesus, how many know, it's easy for him to heal us. It's easy for him to save us when we come to him. They both take miracles. So you can translate that. Your, your faith has sozo you. Your faith has brought you salvation. Or your faith has brought you healing. You're tracking with me. Now, so this helps us understand what happens just two chapters before. Remember that guy that was lowered through the roof by his friends? Guess what Jesus' first words to him are. Son, your sins are forgiven you. That was enough to amp up the Pharisees. Oh, hold our newt here. Comes from the Greek. No one forgives sins but God. And Jesus says, well, that's sort of what's happening here. You got that part right. Your theology's all right there, Pharisees. Which is easier? To say, your sins be forgiven you, or 
get up and walk. How many know they both take a miracle? They both take the supernatural. They both take Jesus. And Jesus does both. But I love that about Jesus. Remember the man in John, uh, where the Gospel of John records it, where Jesus healed him, and then Jesus went and found him in the temple and said, stop, stop sinning or something worse might happen to you. How many understand Jesus doesn't just care about our physical bodies? Jesus cares about holistic healing, spirit, mind, and body. That's why this, this woman, when she reaches out through the crowd, she's not one of those ones saying, I, you know, I want a selfie with the celebrity. No, no, no. She's saying that, listen, listen, here's what she's saying. I need you. Oh, I need you. See that? See the difference? It's the difference in worship time this morning from when we just sing songs with the words on the screen or else we take a song and we say, I'm going to sing this to you, Lord. Your grace is amazing to me. And when I've been there 10,000 years, you know, whatever songs we have sung today, God, I worship. It's the difference between a prayer. Because anyone can write out a nice, polished, articulate prayer. But how many know there's a difference between a prayer and connecting with the living, supernatural God because you call on his name in prayer? Right? There's just a difference. And there's a difference between saying, well, I'm sick. I'll go up for healing. I don't have a problem. No, 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 no. No, there's to go up for healing because you're saying, Jesus, I need everything that you are, everything that you have. Jesus, I need you, body, mind, and spirit. Amen? He not only, listen, he not only heals our diseases, he saves us from our sins. Amen? And so we come, we say, Jesus, we, we need you to be Jesus. <laughs> we are the ones that need to surrender to all that you have for us. Sozo. Pistas, faithful, healing. And then uh, there's a word that I left out. It's right at the beginning of the sentence. The Greek is thigatar. Thigatar. I can't imagine. I, just, just put yourself there in the shoes of this woman. We know something of her background, what she's been through the last 12 years, cut off from people, what she's heard from doctors. And then Jesus, she spills it out, almost like a confession. I know I'm ceremony unclean, but you'd healed the... Jesus, I just felt if I touched your cloak. And, and then Jesus turns to her and he says, Daughter. That must have went through her like, you know, 200 volts or however many volts. Don't kill you, but really jolt you. <laughs> Daughter. The doctors called her incurable. Jesus called her daughter. The community whispered behind her back and, and said, she, she, she's the one, stay away from her. Jesus calls her daughter. The religion that she followed had her calling herself unclean. <laughs> Jesus called her daughter. Oh, I, I love that about Jesus. I, I can't imagine what that did for her mentally, emotionally. Because she must have lived in mental, emotional torture. What could have been more healing than that? And yet it does get better than that. Because listen, I, I researched it and I found it. Do you know how many people that Jesus calls daughter in, in, in the New Testament? All of the Gospels? This is the only case on record. 
<laughs> you know, that's, you know that, just ma- that just magnifies the meaningfulness because the Gospels record that Jesus reserves the word daughter for a medically hopeless, financially bankrupt social reject. Whatever condition we're in, I want you to be my daughter. By the way, how many men are feeling a bit left out right about now? Because this is a great day for daughters, but it was also for sons. What are the first words that Jesus, the first word that Jesus ever said to this man that's lowered in front of him, completely paralyzed? You know what Jesus says? The first word is, son, your sins are forgiven you, son. I'll think of that the next time we sing, we are daughters, we are sons, all because of what you have done. There's another good time to say hallelujah. <laughs> isn't, isn't he wonderful? See, this, why am I making a big deal out of this? Because uh, so many people, they, they look to Jesus almost like a specialist and they don't let him be everything that he wants to be to them. Uh, I, I need healing, so I'll go for, for, for just that. And, and, and how many know he wants to heal every part of us? He's worthy to be Lord of every area of our life. Amen? Worthy. He's, he's, he's son of God. He's... He's, he's Savior, Healer, our coming King, our Baptizer. And so we, we come to Him and we surrender everything to Him. There's three ways to get into a family. You know this. To be born into it, to be adopted into it, or to be married into it. Right? Remember the Holy Spirit series? We saw that by the Spirit we are born again into the family of God. Ephesians teaches we're adopted as sons and daughters into the family of God, and we are the bride of Christ. Isn't that amazing? We get into his family all three ways. <laughs> Do you get the idea that Jesus wants us to get beyond tolerating and being accepted? He wants us to belong. Son, daughter. See, there's something that happens deep inside my thoughts, my thinking about myself, when I understand that I don't just go to Jesus to get my needs met or to get healings or to get help when I have a bit of trouble, there's something that happens when I realize that I'm family. And then I can come to Jesus, and no matter how unclean I am in my thoughts or my mind, I can come to him and he will cleanse. <laughs> and he will say, Keith, my son. Woman, you're my daughter. Isn't that wonderful? So when you come for, for, for healing, don't, don't, don't get, just, just relax. I, I, so many people just stressed out in other services. I said, just, let's just relax and with joy receive our healing in the presence of Jesus. Amen? Just relax. Don't, don't, don't just get focused on the prayer, get everything right, getting your faith up to a certain, no, no. Just come with the faith you have. How many know it's all grace anyway? It's all grace. Thank God he's a wonderful Jesus who gives abundantly of his grace. The last words that Jesus says to her, Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And did she ever go? (laughs) Can you imagine? For 12 years of hearing doctor after doctor say, sorry, there's nothing more we can do for you. 12 years She knew what those cruel whispers that she could hear with people in the background. She knew that they were saying, stay away from her, sweetheart. She's unclean. 
12 years of being cut off from closeness in human relationships, all of that is washed away because Jesus says, daughter, daughter, you belong, you're accepted, you're loved. I can't imagine how healing that would have been to her. Now when people whisper behind her back, you know what they're saying? She's the one that Jesus Christ himself healed. And every time she walks by those doctor's offices in her community, I don't know how a woman does it, but anyway. <laughs> the joy and the gratitude. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And every time she's having an emotionally bad day, all she has to do is put on the tape recorder in her mind and remember, the Son of God called me daughter. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? And you got to know that every person that she came across that was just struggling for years with sickness or whatever situation, you got to know that she would have faith that would rise in her heart to say to them, listen, you got to reach out to Jesus. He has what it takes to heal you in body, mind, and spirit. Oh, it was a great day. It was a great day. How many say, Lord, may this be a great day in Agent Court Church? Amen? for sons and daughters in this room in Toronto because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, forever, and yesterday, forever, and today, today. He's the same. Oh. So in this crowd, we're going to give you the opportunity to just reach out and not go for prayer or get a healing. No, reach out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. Oh, I need you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray about this before we move into our prayer time. Just in your own heart, make space for, for Jesus. Just begin to praise him for who he really is, for the abilities that he has, for his compassion. Just begin to focus on who Jesus is and what he wants to do in this place. Jesus, in this room in Toronto, you promised us 2,000 years ago that you would be here. You said you would send your spirit and people would pray in your name and they would be healed. There'd be gifts of healing. So Lord, whatever our need, body, mind, and spirit, we believe that you're our healer. Whatever level of faith we have or even don't have, we just bring to you the honest, sincere faith that we do have. We've, we focus on you. And whoever prays for us or anoints us with oil, Jesus, that, that's not significant what is significant is that you are in this place and you're our healer <laughs> body mind and spirit so spirit of Jesus we welcome you to bring the presence of the healing Jesus into this room anoint our prayer team pastors those who pray for those who are sick and may we just Lord hear reports in days ahead of how that healing service at Agent Court, that's where Jesus healed me or someone else that I went to prayer for. Oh, Jesus, we believe that you're our God, that you're our Savior, you're our baptizer, but we also believe you're our healer. Would you sing it together? Make sure you don't miss a message by subscribing to this podcast. All creative content and production for this podcast is provided by the One Church Creative Team.